Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we interview women executives, leaders, and entrepreneurs. And you're listening to the Well Woman Show, where motivated women achieve fulfillment and well-being. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. Take time for myself by coming to things like Well Woman Drinks. To be accepting of myself no matter what. Step away from judgment as much as possible. You're listening to the Well Women Show. Just, you're going to be in for a good ride. I don't regret anything. Everything I've ever done, I've learned from it, one way or another, good or bad. Being a little bit selfish for yourself, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first and then give what's left. I'm a woman. I would prefer to, to tell my own story. My story, though it's very personal, is universal. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. And now your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hi, Giovanna Rossi here, and welcome to another episode of The Well Woman Show, where I interview women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs about their lives and their road to becoming and being who they are today. Are you at the top of your game professionally, but feeling burned out, or finding it hard to focus on your goals, or unfulfilled personally? Or are you in transition, simply juggling so many things, you find it hard to take care of your own needs? Well, you're not alone. We all need to activate the four universal superpowers. These are the internal strengths and abilities we all already have, but don't use all the time. Superpowers can be cultivated, and they include awareness, intuition, action, and acceptance. Toward the end of the show, in a segment called Superpowers for Success, I ask my guest about her superpowers, and the answers will give you the strength, perspective, and power to live a well-woman life. I'm so happy you're here, so thanks for tuning in. This episode of The Well Woman Show is brought to you by Collective Action Strategies, supporting organizations that support women and families, and by Well Woman Life Movement Challenge Quiz, your resource for living your best life. If you're in burnout or major transition, this is your time to figure out what's holding you back from making the changes you need to make in order to live your fullest, most joyful life. The cause of all of our challenges, personal or professional, can actually be rooted in the lack of internal superpowers and or external supports. Our Well Woman Life Framework tells you which stage of the Well Woman Life Cycle you're in and what to do about it so you can truly live your best life. You can find out more at wellwomanlife.com slash quiz. I'm so thankful for support from Natural Awakenings Magazine in New Mexico, a monthly green healthy lifestyle publication, and for support from High Desert Yoga, promoting optimum physical health, clarity of mind, and spiritual inspiration for all. Hello, hello, well women. I'm coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia. I've actually been here for a couple of days at the U.S. Breastfeeding Committee Conference, where I have learned so much and met so many wonderful women working on um, all kinds of things, race and equity inclusion and breastfeeding and maternal health. And I presented on the Family Friendly New Mexico Project. Um, And I got to hang out with an old friend. And I did a bunch of interviews while I was here. So it's been super fun. I miss my kids. I'm going to head home later today and see them and the doggy. And um, I just um, had the most amazing conversation with my guest for the show today. We... Uh, Well, first of all, I'll tell you about her. Jen Roberts is an educator, facilitator, and mother 
who brings over 15 years of experience and passion in race and equity work. She began her career in education, teaching third grade in Chicago public schools. After teaching, she went on to support new teachers in the classroom, develop curriculum for new teacher certification, and train school leaders in best practices in human capital. In 2011, she moved to D.C. Public Schools, where she helped to lead the D.C. Public Schools Office of Human Capital in developing the will, skill, and courage to interrupt inequities and create more equitable policies and outcomes for D.C. students. She founded Versed Education Group in 2015 to continue this work, assisting organizations in developing their skill to operate from a place of equity as a habit. She served as the equity and inclusion lead on the Make the Breast Pump Not Suck project and as a proud alumna of Spelman College, which she credits in nurturing her desire to lead through service. Jen lives in D.C. with her spunky and creative six-year-old daughter, Nia. So on the show today, we talk about her as an entrepreneur, her her consultancy um, with race and equity, and also her superpowers for success, which are really amazing. Um, on this episode, we're going to talk about what race and equity in your company or institution means, when to know you're ready to have a courageous conversation about race and equity, and also knowing when you're really good at what you do. So lots coming up on the show. I'm super excited about it. Here's my interview with Jen Roberts. I'm speaking with Jen Roberts, and she's the owner of Versed Ed, a race and equity consultancy in Washington, D.C. Welcome, Jen. Thank you for having me. Jen, I want to ask you, in your company, um, what are you doing, and how does it impact women's lives and well-being? Um, so what I'm doing right now in my work um, is helping folks understand a little bit better how race and equity um, integrate into their lives um, and how they can use a lens of equity to change the way that they do their work. Um, and so what I'm doing now on the women's side of things... What I'm doing now on the women's side of things um, around birth justice is some of the work that we did with the Make the Rest Pump Not Suck project. So really helping communities understand how they can design intentionally for equity, really think about race and gender and sexual orientation in that and design their innovations or their solutions or their problems um, in a way that is intentionally designed to impact um, the landscape that we see today and really change the status quo um, and uh, and really interrupt um, oppression and inequity that we're seeing in our country today. Okay, and what kind of clients hire you to do that work? Oh, I have a variety of folks. So um, obviously I worked with the breast pump uh, folks and that's out of MIT, but I work with um, school leaders at schools, mostly public or charter schools. Um, I work with organizations who are education facing. So um, they provide services to different urban districts. And so I work with them as they provide those services to school districts. Um, and then I also work with just business Owners, So, you know, chambers of commerce, um, people who have their own small businesses, um, anybody who is interested in really changing the way that they operate um, is can be, I guess, a client of mine. <laughs> and do they come to you already knowing what they need? Or is it sometimes a process and then they find you and sort of figure it out? I think they come to me thinking they know what they need. 
Um, I think people come to me with very good intentions. If they get to me, it's usually because they've decided that they know they need to talk about racial issues or gender issues or equity issues. Um, they don't always think they have an issue, even though things are showing up in their in their um, results at their organizations. But through processes of talking with lots of the folks at their organization, really getting to know how the oper- organization operates, I can help them see maybe some of the things they can't see right now. So what are some of the biases that might be blinding you to the choices and the decisions you make with really good intentions that then have impact that you weren't expecting? And so they don't always know when they get to me, but usually by the time we're done, they know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just fascinating because I, I, I think a lot of organizations might not actually get to your doorstep that need to. And so how do you reach those folks? Yeah, um, I'll be honest, the majority of my work comes from word of mouth. So working with organizations that then realize their practices are changing. And so then they reach out to someone else and say, hey, like you should contact her. We're doing things differently. You know, Um, other folks, um, I am. I would say in the first three years of my business, it's been more of like fine tuning things and making sure that I'm picking the right clients who are ready to do the work because everyone's not ready, um, I think, um, to do the work in this way. Um, And so you really have to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to not get so sensitive about hearing that you might be messing up. Um, And everybody's not in a place that they're ready to hear that, particularly leaders. Um, And especially if you're a leader who built the organization, it's hard to then hear that the thing that you built might might not be producing like the best results. So you have to build relationships with folks and it takes some time. But that also is then why folks will recommend people to me. Um, I will say like in this next three years, one of my bigger goals, especially after being involved with MIT, is to make my work more public to folks and help people really see case studies of things that are working and like really help them understand what are some things I can do on my own and then when do I need to like go find somebody to help us make the next step. Okay, and give me an example of something kind of tangible that you would sort of work on. Like, what is doing the work, mm-hmm. and, and what does that look like? So something very simple, um, I think is something that um, I heard recently from a speaker at a conference that um, we were attending, and that is about really checking your own first thoughts about people. So often when we get into work situations or in public situations, we've been fed so many messages that we don't even realize about, particularly about marginalized communities, that we make decisions that we don't even realize are having a bad impact. And so if we can really get to the point where we can check our first thoughts, analyze them a little bit before we say something or do something, um, those are things that I tell folks to work on all the time. Like, who are you hanging around with? Like, who's in your circle? Like, who do you know? If everybody looks like you in your circle, how can you venture out and find new people and new perspectives? Like, that's something we all could be doing every day. Um, And that really then opens your mind to be able to see, like, oh, I thought I was doing something really great. And, like, I'm now talking to these folks that live in these communities or who have experienced these things. And I realized that this great decision I had actually is not helping the very person I want to help. And so um, that expanding of your network, that checking of your own first thoughts are like things that I would say are concrete that we all could be doing every day. Okay. And companies and institutions, of course, are made up of individuals. Mm -hmm. So doing that individual work is super important. But what about some of the systems level work? What does that look like? 
Yeah, so um, the systems level work really is about changing mindsets about how work is done. And I'll give you an example from the Breast Pump Project because I think we really embodied how you do systems change um, in a way that's effective. Um, and what that looks like is outside of the individual work, individual work, which is extremely important, um, it's really about reminding ourselves that we don't have to do things the way we've always done them. And I think it's really hard for any of us to break out of that. Um, and so when we can change mindsets to to remember that, um, and then also um, one of the hiccups, I think, that keeps us from creating really equitable innovation is our sense of urgency. And so we often make decisions because we have to make them quick and we don't take the time to say, do we have the right people at the table? Are we talking to the right people? Are we going out and asking what they need and what they want? Are we including them in that process? Because we're obsessed with goals and we're obsessed with achieving. Um, and it's okay to be obsessed with those things if you are able to then check that urgency when you need to slow down for the sake of equity. And so the system change really comes with changing the mindset of folks to help them see that like, we got to slow down a little bit and we got to ask ourselves some really tough questions every time we are starting a project um, until we are at the point where we can do that without thinking about it. So it's giving organizations actual protocols to use in meetings, systems and ways to have conversations, things to build up their capacity to like take in information that might not feel good to them, but will help them grow. Um, and letting that be the motivating factor that then help them change, just change the way they do their work. And then that changes the systems that are in place. So it is, I feel like equity work is tricky because we can talk about what it should look like at the end, but because people are involved and because people have all sorts of emotions and things about people that they're working for or with, um, it makes it a little, it can make it a little bit um, unpredictable. But when folks are really willing to put in the work and the effort, um, you can see some really cool things happen. And I think the Breast Pump Festival was like a very um, prime example of that. Yeah, I mean, I think this idea that um, we need to slow down so that we can incorporate some of that planning and, and forward thinking and inclusion uh, is, uh, is really important. And um, I think we would find and I don't know if you know this uh, from your experience, but we would find that when you do that, you actually end up in the long run achieving more of your goals Absolutely. because it makes your company better. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's that's totally right. Um, I think we often get really caught up in short term success because we have a, a society that wants to see numbers and they want to see those graphs and charts like ticking up um, and we get pressured by that. Um, and I think when we can release that pressure some, it doesn't mean we shouldn't be achieving and we shouldn't be meeting, meeting goals, but we should be evaluating what those goals are and whether those are the goals that actually are going to help the people we want to help. And so doing that, I think, is, um, you know, it's, it's hard work, it's head work, it's affective more than it's technical. And so it really takes a shift in how we look at, I guess, the business world or the, or the way that we do work in America in particular, um, where we tend to churn out really fast um, so that we can say, hey, look what we did. It's great and wonderful versus let's take the time so that in the long run we have a larger impact that's lasting. Okay, Jen, I want to move into the segment called Superpowers for Success and ask you a few quick questions. What does success in life mean to you? Uh, success in life for me is a happy family. Um, and I think that is the reason why I love doing the work I do, because not only can I help people 
do better work for the or the communities they work with, but I get to be available for my daughter. Um, and that's very important to me. She's six years old. And so to be able to have a job that allows me the flexibility to be a, a room mom sometimes or go on a field trip, like that's success to me. So um, I think I feel the most successful I've ever felt in my life right now. Mm, I have a six-year-old daughter too. She's going into first grade. Same. Yeah. Um, when did you know you were really good at what you do? Oh, man. Um, really good? <laughs> I'm still wondering sometimes. But no, um, I think I knew probably about 10 to 12 years ago, I had who I would say is the best manager I've ever had. Um, she had a, a way of finding the best in people, things that they didn't even know they were good at and like pulling that out. And so becoming a facilitator was nothing that was ever on my radar until she approached me and was like, you're good at this. Like you should do this. And she gave me the skills and the tools and the feedback to get me better at it. And it changed the trajectory of my career. Um, and so I think at that point I was like, oh wait, like you've always been talking. Like you just needed someone to tell you that you're actually good at planning and facilitating things. Um, and so I would say that's when I knew I was good. When I knew I was really good was probably when I decided to leave my very comfortable nine to five and start a business. Um, and I wouldn't have done that if I didn't think I was really good. So I still have my moments where I'm like, eh, you could do better. But when I step back, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. It's like that internal just knowing mm-hmm. like you're like, I- I'm really good at this mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, it's so funny because I asked this question to a lot of guests and, and a lot of people reflect on external validation, Mm -hmm. right? Being told that they're good at something, which is super important and helpful. And then there comes a point where you just know it Mm -hmm. inside of you. Yeah, I I think that's so true. Um, And I think with women, we have a hard time sometimes like listening to that, that um, voice in us. I think we it's there a lot sooner than some of us hear it telling us like you're good like you know what you're doing like go with that but I think when you think about our society you have patriarchy and racism you have all these things telling you you're not good enough like you really have to be confident in yourself to like push all of those things out and say no I know for a fact I'm good and I have days where I am jumping out of bed like absolutely girl you're the bomb and then I have days where I have to check myself on it um, and need a little external validation and I'm happy that I have people in my life that like can recognize that in me and like see that when I need it and be like girl you have it like you got it you know so um, my village is very important with that too that's such an important point and being able to reach out to that village mm-hmm. when you know you need to and not sink into the depths of like, <laughs> which we all can do. Um, okay. Can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your overall well-being? I would say um, this is probably going to sound funny, but food. <laughs> I love going out to really good restaurants with friends or family. And so, you know, finding a place we haven't been or just going to a place we always have a good time at. Like if I get to a point in my work and I'm like, I need a break, that's usually what I want to do. 
is go hang out with some folks and eat some really good food. That's probably not the best thing to do. <laughs> you want to avoid yourself. Um, but um, yeah, that that is my thing. And I would say the second thing is really working on meditation. And so I have a really hard time quieting my brain. Like I'm always thinking about what to do and like another, another idea or, you know, how to help a client move past a challenge. And so learning how to shut that off has been really helpful for me. Yeah, meditation is a good one. I know when you're an entrepreneur, you have a lot of ideas, mm-hmm. right? And they're just, it's just like, you can't keep up. Like, I want to do that. I want to do that. You have to keep like a notebook with a, like a parking lot page so that you can, you know, not forget your ideas, but you don't have to tackle them all at the right. same time. Um, Jen, what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? I think connecting. Um, I'm a connector. Um, I think I didn't realize it until I started working in my business that I have a way of building rapport with folks really quickly to the point where they trust me and then they trust the people I say they should be connected with. Um, And I've seen some really great work and synergy come out of people who I've connected. And that's just not professionally, that's even in my personal life. Like, um, and it took girlfriends that I've had since I was seven to remind me like you've always been the glue like you've always been the one that holds us all together you know the one that organizes everything for us so um I think I didn't see it as an asset until I became my own boss and I was like wait like you are really you have a network and you know how to put people together so I think that's that's my superpower okay and what advice would you give your younger self say 10-15 years ago stop sweating the small stuff like, it really doesn't even matter. Like, the things I, I spent so much time thinking about 10 or 15 years ago, which is, for me, was when I was graduating college. Like, none of those things even matter anymore. So, and I think I remind myself of that every day. Like, look at all the things you worried about that didn't even manifest. Like, don't sweat that and keep moving towards your purpose. Um, so, yeah, I think I might want to put that up so I can remind myself. Yeah, that's a good one. Do you think she would have listened? Yeah, I was I feel like I've always been the type that if a trusted advisor tells me, look, I see this is happening. This is what you need to do. I do it. Um, And so I think I would have listened. I might not have trusted that in the long run. It all would have worked out, but I would have tried it. Mm. Okay, last couple of questions. Do you identify as a feminist? I would say I identify more as a womanist. Um. And so I look at the world um, through the eyes of a black woman. So it's really um, hard for me to separate that intersectionality of being a woman and being black. And so the womanist theory kind of um, I connect with a little bit more than feminism because feminism hasn't always been inclusive of people of color. And so this idea that I can root for and want the best for women and still also want the best for black men in our community like really like um I really connect to family super important to me and so I think that idea of that inclusiveness um of the black community makes me lean more towards woman being a womanist um but I definitely identify with the feminist um work and I would say that the work that we've been doing on the breast pump is definitely feminist aligned work um but personally I think I have a lot more to be in a womanist 
Okay, last question, Jen. What are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? Ooh, um, I would say less about what's on my nightstand, what's on my Audible. Because <laughs> it's hard to read these days. Um, but I am finishing up American Marriage by Tayari Jones. She's actually a Spelman sister because um, I went to Spelman College. The book is, it's a fiction book and I don't have a lot of time to read fiction. So in the summertime, I usually pick a fiction book and it's so good. Um, about a couple and the 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 partner, the male partner gets accused of rape and gets sent to jail and it's about their relationship and their like very new one year marriage when he gets sent away to jail and the decisions they both have to make about whether they want to keep their relationship or not. Um, it is it is and it takes place in Atlanta, which is a place that I, um, you know, by going to school here, like my formative adult years were here. And so like reading about places that I know about and these people who seem so real to me, like it was an it's an excellent book. I'm almost done. So yeah, I would recommend it to anybody. OK, we'll put that in the show notes. And uh, Jen, it was such a pleasure having you on the show today. Same. Thanks for having me. Really glad to meet you. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your Well Woman life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join us. Our monthly live event, Well Woman Drinks, brings women together to share our successes and challenges as women, leaders, moms, aunts, sisters, and all the other roles we carry. If you'd like to attend a Well Woman Drinks near you, or if there isn't one in your city yet and you'd like to start one, email info at wellwomanlife.com. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and subscribe in iTunes and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you are listening today, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.